Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. With Tech to the VO stars. George Whittam, founder of Source Elements. Robert Marshall, international audio engineer. Darren Robbo Robertson. And Global Voice. Andrew Peters. Thanks to Tribooth. Austrian Audio. Making passion heard. Source Elements. George the Tech Whittam. And Robbo and AP's international demos. To find out more about us, check theproaudiosuite.com. Learn up, Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Don't forget, if you do want to buy a Tri-Booth, the code is TRIPAP200 to get $200 off your purchase. Uh, if you'd like to leave a comment, by the way, on your favourite platform, please do so. It's good for our um, analytics and uh, we might drive a bit more traffic, which is always handy. Now, something that may be out as we speak or may be about to be released is the new Nexus from Source Elements. You've definitely had a look at it, George. I think you've had a look at it, Robert. I have. And Robert knows all about it because it's his baby. How much do you know, Robert? Let's be honest. I'm clueless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's me. That's my role. I know it all, but really don't. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say before you dive into it, it's a very sexy beast. Seriously. It's it's very clever. You've had a look around the the whole thing, haven't you? I have. I've sort of had a play with it, but I mean, Robert's going to explain it the best, so we should leave it to him to run through the list of features. I, I, like, I like hearing like what kind of mess other people make out of it. Well, you know what's going <laughs> to you, you know what in, you know what inspires me the most, and and I think is going to be the most useful for our listeners. I think is the simple things like the dim operation, the fact that it actually just drops your mic level, um, drops the levels. Yep. And all that sort of stuff. A lot the, simpler than a Dugan mixer. The gateway from a, from a studio point of view. For me, looking at that gateway, it, man, everything's all in the box. You know, I've got video, I've got everything there. But I mean, you sh- you should explain it all. Yeah. So so basically, Nexus started out. Oh God, how many years ago? Two thousand and seven. I don't know. Like when I but. I was like, wouldn't it be nice if you could route audio, virtual audio interfaces in and out of Pro Tools? And it was like, we made that, and it was kind of a hit. And what it was primarily used for was to interface the client side of a remote voiceover session or just a remote client side. So think of it as Source Connect was the remote connection for voice talent into an, uh, you know, an engineer setup who then also has remote clients. And... Nexus was used to empower things like Zoom and Hangouts, but we all know that all of those have their various issues. For instance, one of them is if you're broadcasting and you've got talkback going over Zoom, there's there's very different goals of the talkback versus the broadcast that you want to have your clients listen to. So the talkback can have echo cancellation on it, and actually that helps because many times your clients don't have headphones. But your broadcast, you don't want it to be impeded by the echo cancellation and things like this. So what Nexus is, is it still represents to me that sort of client-side connection, but now we're completing more of it. Instead of saying, oh, just like throw Nexus at Zoom or throw Nexus at whatever it is that, you know, your clients are using Microsoft Teams, here's here's a gateway for it that does what you need as a professional audio and video person for collaborating with your clients instead of trying to like pound Zoom into a hole. Here's how it was described 10 years ago. You sent an email out. SourceNexus is an audio application router. 
record remote voiceover from Source Connect directly into Final Cut or Media Composer, playback iTunes to Pro Tools, even patch Pro Tools to and from Nuendo all at the same time, route any audio application in and out of Pro Tools, even if that application does not have any plug-in support. There you go. That was December 2013. So, so that that's like a very broad, <laughs> broad strokes. explanation, sort of like yep. it's round and so it rolls, but it's like <laughs> right. this is a wheel for a car. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the 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 rolling part of it is well, it, it pretty much is a router that was put in the DAW so that you could route external interfaces in and out and do things like that. And the primary thing that it got used a lot for was those client side connections. So how would it work for someone like me? What benefit would I get out of Nexus? So the talent side, what do they see? I think the same thing. So just like you've got Source Connect and you're running with studios and engineers and it has like that rock solid, you know, queued up connection that's going to pick up every bit, even if the internet does its thing. Um, As you know, voice talent are being forced to take up much more and more of the burden. And you have the situation where, hey, can I get playback? So one of the things that Nexus has is it's it's now a suite by the way it's not just the plugin so there's the original Nexus IO which is sort of like just the raw plugin it's it you have to know what you want to do with it you have to build your own template for it Nexus Review is a Nexus plugin that now has several ins and outs going into it and out of it so it brings your talk back over to the gateway which is our me- our web meeting room it gets the gateway back into your connection um, so that you hear it in your headphones and it plays your playback to the connection and everybody. And it does all of that without you having to even think about what the word mix minus is or if it even exists because it's done all in one plugin. So what used to need two, three Nexus plugins and a talkback plugin is now Nexus review. Okay. Straight. Just drop that, drop that plugin on your master fader your setup is complete. So when you uh, do playback, it actually mutes everything else, so you don't get, you know, obviously. It doesn't. Like we're, we're, well, we're we're it doesn't in this iteration, but there's going to be all kinds of stuff that starts to happen within within the suite within its um, sort of capabilities. And I think that right now, the first thing you would say is like it just makes playback easy. Um, for for, for you, your your question specifically, Andrew, which is like, why would a voice talent want this? Yeah, um, it makes playback easy because really in that sense you're just like the engineer at that point yeah you're recording stuff and you're playing it back like that's kind of like what i do um <laughs> and so this just makes that setup way less daunting because all you really have to do is um and also we're going to probably come out with that as a standalone app as well so if you're using something like twisted wave you can just route twisted wave into the nexus review app and same thing. You don't have to be on a DAW. It doesn't have to be a plugin. Um, but it takes all your, it does your mix minus and your talk back and your, um, like Twisted Wave. Actually, here's a question about Twisted Wave. Do you have the option to monitor live through it? It does have a monitor mode that you can turn on, of course, with a little bit of latency, but it does have that capability. Right. So you you might want to do that. And funny enough, if if it does create a latency with yourself, there's a handy mute button so you can mute it and you don't have to listen to it, but at least your clients can hear you monitoring through Twisted Wave. So 
there's little individual situations that, that might come up. What would up. be the benefit, though? Like, if you don't have to monitor yourself in Twisted Wave, what would be the benefit of turning that on? Well, the reason why is that you would, you're either going to direct your microphone live into um, Nexus Review, mm-hmm. but then if you want playback, you're going to route your DAW into Nexus Review. And if you call Twisted Wave a DAW, then you want to route Twisted Wave into it. Okay, so you set the output in your Twisted Wave uh, uh, output setting to the Nexus Review plugin. Out input. Yep. The next. The right. Not exactly. the input. The input of well, in this case, it would be the input of the application, not the. Plugin. Gotcha. Gotcha. Because in in the DAW sense, the input is taken care of. It's like whatever channel you throw right. it on. The, the the input is implicit. Right. Um, and then that same ability for all you video editors out there and things like that. The, the review setup and integrating my talkback with a talkback button if I want, all of that is just like done. Whatever. I have to set up a template in Pro Tools or I have to have a mixer, all the you know, different things that people do to be able to Passport VO. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely yes. slid in there. <laughs> maybe. Right, right. Maybe. <laughs> so so just just to get a little bit deeper, so I'm I'm in Twisted Wave, I'm the actor. I recorded myself, I hit stop, I hit play to hear playback. I want to hear the playback, and I want it to also send to Nexus. If I set the output of Twisted Wave to Nexus, will I myself on the local side hear the playback also, or will it be shunting the audio to... You would hear the playback, and so there is a fader for you. Oh, Nexus handles that for you. Nexus has a a fader with a mute on it that you could mute that if you want. Right, so that solves that problem. Beautiful. Right. The the question I've got, though, is it seems that we as voice-over people are going to end up sitting in one room with microphones and screens and computers in there with us. So the booth is pretty well fast becoming redundant. Well, it might be that radio style booth. Yeah, yeah. Is it? Do you, do you just have it in your booth? That's right. That's what that would be my. Yes, what I mean is that it's become like a radio, you know, radio. I think that's going to happen studio. anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of think that. I mean, for me, this thing's sort of ahead of the game because I, I can see that coming. I really can. More and more. Yeah. I even had two sessions uh, in the last couple of weeks um, cancelled because the creative. Guys just jumped online with the voice and did it themselves. Um, they didn't need an engineer, yeah. well, so we, they just we, did it. We do see a lot of that. You know, it's like the, the phone patch may have gone away, but the direct-to-client session and where it comes up, and it's really funny because clients don't really save time when they do this. They think they do, but they don't. So they they say, hey, let's not book a studio to record the talent. Let's pay the talent the same amount of money and make them record it. And complain at them if it didn't work out the way we wanted, by the way. But so now we have the talent recording everything. And inevitably, no one keeps good notes. And even if someone does keep good notes, you don't know how well the talent is cutting up the files. And it's very easy, if you've ever been in a session, sometimes to get your take numbering off from what you're writing down and what's actually happening in a computer. Especially if you as the talent, you're busy trying to do other things like read the script and not look at the computer screen on what file number Twisted Wave is on. And so inevitably, someone has to put Humpty Dumpty back together again uh-huh. after the talent has recorded uh-huh. everything. Yes. And that's going to take just as much time 
as just recording the session with an engineer online who can cut everything up and do it for you. And that way, the talent only reads what they need to. They're not reading a bunch of speculative takes because no one knows if A is going to edit back to take 65 or whatever. You can just hear it. You got it. Great. And it fits because like, we timed it out. You yeah. just touched no. exactly on the, on the problem that came from one of these sessions the other day. And this was a a well-known agency, a, a global agency, that they did one of these sessions where they just recorded it with whoever it was locally and they were on the phone. But the creative rings me and goes, um, yeah, kind of, I'm, ha- I'm really happy with this, but we did some takes. I asked the, uh, the talent to do this. But, of course, with no labels, no notes, no nothing, I've got to go through every single take and go to him, is it this one? Oh, no, 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 that's not it. Oh, what about this? No, no, that's not it. No, it's more like this. Oh, hang on. Okay, well, is it this one? No, 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 it's not that. It's like if I was doing the session in Pro Tools, it would be labelled. I'd have a page full of notes as well. This edits yeah. to this, blah, 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 and 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 it's done. But it, it took like but half an hour to find one take for this guy, you know? It's like it's ridiculous. Pound, the Pennywise found it, it, it is foolish. Pennywise pound yeah. foolish. But the other problem is that what, what happens is that they're, they're all working off of flat bids, right? Uh, one hour for the talent. They know what their residuals are. They bid these things out, and it's really hard to get like these agencies to necessarily do um, just, hey, we want to be creative and throw paint on the wall and pay by yeah. the hour to throw paint on the wall. What instead they do, I don't know if you've seen that, that like you, it's that thing where the guy says like, you know, hi, we, we'd like to do an advert and we want to research sound effects and do all this stuff and, and try two different music takes and this and that. So one hour. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And the person at the studio is like, I, I think, think it's going to so. take longer than that. And then, yeah. the, and then the person at the agency is like, no, we know our stuff. We know exactly what we want. We're not indecisive at all. We only need one hour. And then you're like, okay, that, now, now you're, you're stuck making a commercial in one hour that you know is going to take longer. So even though the agency basically saddles the talent with recording the, the, the takes, they never actually face the consequences of their actions because they've already, like the bid happens, then they audition. And, you know, it's like they've already at that point with the bid, you know, taken out the the voice record. We'll just give you takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, you get what you pay for. And if you don't pay, you don't get much. So, yeah. And you're going to pay later. It's pay now, pay later. It's uh, sooner or later you're going to pay for it. I really think this was that moment when the voiceover industry—they all decided that they were going to try to eat each other's lunch. And at some point, it became like my booth doesn't cost a thing. My setup and knowledge of my booth and what to do through blood and sweat and tears figured out and, (laughs) and and literal money. That is free too, right? And that all that stuff never should have been free. It should have been okay. I'm whatever, four hundred dollars an hour, and oh, you want to use my studio, even if it's fifty bucks an hour. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. should be a rate attached. I totally agree. We we as mm. as voice actors who wanted to be providing a service, and I can name names, but I don't need to. Who were very early on in the home studio timeline, right? Like literally FedExing dat tapes, right? Yeah. They didn't. I, I, they I, were yeah. they wanted this, to, they be, wanted at to home. be a service provider. They wanted to be ahead of the curve and create a business niche for themselves. In the meantime, they were 
creating a problem for the fact that home studios would eventually become the norm and nobody was getting compensated for operating a studio and engineering a session. It's like when you have something unique, you charge more for it. So if you're a voice talent and because you're available at home, you are available like instantaneously. You don't need to have a limo drive you around LA. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, that's a perk and it might be a perk for you, but it's also a perk for your clients. Like, but it just got, it became part of the add-in like a long time ago. This is, this was in the early 2000s. Like this was in the days of ISDN. That, that this happened. It was literally when I got into the business. Yeah. I was just being told people need this help. And I didn't know anything about the business model. I didn't know jack squat about who got paid what, how, what you didn't get paid for. I just was there to solve problems, you know? So I, I had no idea that this was going on until much later. Yeah. But here we are. Like, talent, talent put a lot of time, effort, money, you know, emotion into building their setup and learning this, you know, like, basically some aspect of the craft of audio engineering, essentially, maybe not the whole thing, but there's like, I mean, tell me this, would there be a value? I know this is off topic, but would there be a value when you, when a talent or an agent invoices that they, even if the bottom line is identical, that you literally add in a line that's engineering services. So it literally shows up and they see, Oh, we're paying for this. Would that be, would it be some efficacy to this? It's kind of like restaurants starting to charge a service fee or a kitchen love fee or whatever. And it's like, I, you know, there's been a lot of blowback to this, you know, because it doesn't, it's like, (laughs) some people are like, just raise your prices. And other people are like, I like the transparency. (laughs) So it's kind of confusing. I I, I think that that if you want to, you effectively want to raise your price. And the only way you're going to be able to raise your price is by showing your value. And so in that sense... You, you almost need to because, I mean, to the point that it it happens on the flip side. So not just our, like there's three layers to it. It used to be that the talent went to the studio. And so there's two studios and there was a lot of meat on the bone for a whole industry, right? There was an engineer in a studio in L.A. There was an engineer in a studio in New York. There's a Tomahawk there was a voice talent in that. L.A. <laughs> yeah, there was a... There was five creatives over in New York. It was all happening in real time. And AT&T was like just digging into the pie too. And and now it's like the first thing that happens is voice talent or the auditions come in and they say, you know, must have ISDN or like, you know, Source Connect essentially. And read between the lines. And what's happening over on the bid side is there's no money for a remote studio. Yep. Only talent with home studio need apply. And George, how many times have you seen talent that have done the voice tracks West or the, the, you know, it's oh, like, I know a pocket. place that knows what, ne- oh, yeah, yeah. Pay out of pocket. I tell people do it all the know, time. Voice tracks West is, I'm yep. like, if you don't do these sessions that often spending $10,000 on a soundproof booth is a massive waste of money. Yeah. And voice tracks is like, you know, got a tight operation. It's not, you know, it's, it's not like decked out in oak panels, like no, all the big it's studios, a working facility but it's that's, like, boom. It's like, here's a room, here's a setup. You, you, you need an engineer to set you up. We, we don't have staff to sit there and babysit you the whole time, but what are you going to do? <laughs> like, that's all you need. And, and it's like, and I don't know what they charge, but I have a feeling it's pretty affordable friendly. enough. They, they, they do what we call talent yeah. friendly rates, you know? Right. 
And it's a good, it's a great idea. So you get those auditions that are basically like, you know, bring your own yeah, studio. BYOS. And then, <laughs> and, and then the next level is like, you know what? We're not even going to hire an engineer to record it. Like we just talked about. And you know, it's like, right, right, right. It's a weird position. I've, I've always felt weird being in the position of enabling essentially because I'm enabling the talent buyers to charge low rates for engineering or not budget for it. And I'm enabling the talent to meet that need at the same time. There's the plus <laughs> that like you have your talent that can go live where they want to. And there's many talent that would, if charging for their studio would be a deterrent to them having the lifestyle that they want. They want all their sessions to be in house. The reason to give it away is not just because they're trying to get an edge over some other talent, but also because they're trying to direct their life the way they want it to be. And being called into a freaking city every, you know, every other day for an hour session and you got to drive two hours is crazy. And so it makes sense. And let's face it, as a voice actor, you can't live the lifestyle that you would like to live and be in. It's those days are mostly gone that you can live that lifestyle and, and have a nice home and have all this space and blah, 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 and live in the city, like live in Los Angeles or Toluca Lake. Like that's unbelievably expensive. Right. And you don't have to anymore right. anyways. So mm-hmm. getting back to the, um, the right thing though, there is a way of doing it. And because uh, on my invoices, I show um, studio and edit slash and then, you know, whatever the fee is, and it's usually zero, zero. But you can actually put in there voiceover, blah, blah, blah. That, that rate goes in, studio edit, X dollars, and then you can give them a discount, which actually is equivalent to the, the studio rate. Mm-hmm. That way the client sees that there is a fee involved in that, but you've just given done them a favour and not charged them for I it. I think that's... That's very, very smart. I, I, I will invoice limit. people for a zero dollar item just so they know they're getting it. Yeah. And the problem with like a flat rate, or, or just write the real price down and say the discount that you're getting. Yeah, I'll say yeah, this exactly. is a hundred dollar yeah. thing. I'm throwing it in at zero dollars, but you need to know that it's yeah. worth has a value attached. Yep. Well, everything we do has a value attached because it's our time, right? Yeah, but they, it needs to be literally spelled out for them on black and black and white. I think. Agreed. But the stupid thing is, I was talking to, in fact, Robbo and I were talking yesterday about equipment and stuff in the studio. Admittedly, that, that's the stupid thing? Well, it's a stupid thing in my case because it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't need any of this stuff really. But I, I, I was sitting here the other day, like adding up how much the, the dollar value of the stuff I've got in here in preamps, compressors, and microphones is <laughs> it's just completely insane. It's ridiculous. It is. Yes. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's fun though. Like it's, it is fun, and it's it's like it's like okay, it is people putting wings on their back of their Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Robert. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's like we we are kind of doing some of that. Honda even we? does that. You, you can know? buy a Civic with three exhaust type tips coming on the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get yourself <laughs> right. the uh, Type R. Boom! Look out. Yeah. But, uh, but 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 sometimes we're just like, ooh, that thing's gonna make us faster and improve my zero to sixty time. That Neve preamp or whatever, mm-hmm. and I, I think that we get caught up. I mean, God knows I've spent a lot of money on audio gear. Oh, you have. You're so, you're, a, you're yeah. probably you're worse than me, actually. I have. Yeah. I think you. In I need, fact, I need like the worse. nose spray that like breaks the addiction. Yeah. Whatever. But Robert's <laughs> business model is a different one. He's serving. 
his service is his studio and his skill with his tools, you know? So I feel like a service provider that's providing that type of a studio service, there's an expectation of a certain investment in that equipment and knowledge. And keeping it up to know? date and keeping it serviced and keeping, yep. keeping, 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 yep. keeping. It, it's funny though, because I did send a file off to one of the, um, audio production guys in one of the radio networks here because he was looking at buying um, Austrian audio microphones for their studios, which he did. You salesman, you. Um, but he said, oh, can you send me something? You've got a, you got a sample of you know, the 818? And I went, yeah, yeah, sure. So I sent him a, just a, a cold read, 818, through the Neve. And <laughs> he just got back going. I said, what do you think? He goes, Oh my God, I'm buying one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It does the voice good. that sells. It's, it's so funny. The, the subtle stuff is really there, mm. but it's, it's great when either someone is completely, you know, doing the same drugs that you're doing or actually is truly hearing the same thing that you're hearing. There is, there is this like, wow, that really is better. And at the same time, there's, you know, someone walks in who doesn't understand much about audio and goes like, what's the difference? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of you course. Like, a or B. You get me. Yeah. You really yeah. get me. You really see me. <laughs> well, it, was, it was really funny. It's like a, a guy, a, a guy that both Robbo and I know is also an audio guy. This is years and years and years ago. He got a voice track sent. It was a cold read from a studio in Melbourne. And he called me up and he said, do you know what microphones or what microphone they used down at um, the studio. And I said, no, I, I don't actually. He said, man, you've got to find out. It sounds unbelievable. So I went down there and um, I was in there doing a job. And I, before I got in there, I said, oh, what what, um, what mics are you using, by the way? And he goes, oh, wh- who, what was the session? I told him. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's We just bought a new um, U47, a Telefunken U47, when they first reissued the thing. I'm like, okay, so I think they were selling for close to 20,000 Australian dollars at the time. So 15, 14,000 US, I'm guessing. It sounded very nice. You would want to. I didn't know they reissued that, Mike. Yeah, the Telefunken U47. Yeah, I never knew there was a I never knew there was a reissue of that mic. Yeah, yeah, I think that, thing, that thing's been like homages to No, I know, but I mean, it's literally in Neumann, literally, literally, like they did just the U67 like five well, years it's, ago. It's, it's, it's Telefunken, but Telefunken is not the Telefunken that Telefunken was, right? It's correct, yeah. It's like, yeah. Telefunken's like some company in Connecticut. Telefunken's really a European Funky Funken. It was kind of weird, though, because a lot of the Neumanns that were rebadged for America. So, you know, like Frank Sinatra's U47 was actually badged, I think, as a Telefunken. Right, because it's really, so they, they were really... U47s are really um, Neumanns, yep. right? Yeah. And then, and then they're rebadged as Telefunken. And then the same thing happens with the AKG C12 because Telefunken was a importing company. They didn't. They they would they would like commission things to be made, or they would just like say, "Hey, I'll buy a bunch of those." And there were there were tons of companies doing that, particularly in America, where they rebadged you know microphones under different brands that were made you know primarily by yeah. AKG or Neumann. It's kind of like rebadging Chinese stuff. Yeah. <laughs> In a way it happens, you know, it's like happening again. Yeah. And you see the same product and it's like, oh, they just put a different name on it and called it their amplifier. So you're going to um you're going to um 
white label Nexus and set it off under different brands. <laughs> um, there, there's all kinds of discussions and things that pop up and then sometimes just like fizzle out. But yeah. um, one thing for sure, I, I think, is that on at least on some version of the gateway, um, like one of the talked about features is to uh, customize it so you can make it, you know, like Andrew's Shop of Horror <laughs> well, one one thing I wanted to touch yeah. on, and something that's not in the demo though, um, but something you were showing me after we finished recording a couple of weeks ago, is the router. Can you t- can you tell us about that? Because that's a game changer, right? It's not going to release on the first. It might actually, I don't know, but right now it's a little bit behind. It would be one of those things that certainly would take it would, it would be one of the things that takes longer to get out but it's pretty much done and it's just a desktop router so you can set up a lot of this stuff or the rest of the stuff that you want to customize on your on your desktop routing for example if if you wanted just to have something that routed you know well like one of the things that happens with pro tools in particular is once you close your session you lose all your routing so if you're if you're not putting all your work into one session or working on one thing and you have to open up different files while you have a group of people online and connected. When you close Pro Tools, you lose communication and possibly even different parts of those connections, depending on what platforms are on, they, they might lose their connections too because some of those connections go through you. So router gives you the opportunity to be able to set up sort of like a desktop route um, similar in a way, George, to what a lot of people that you have do with the Apollo mixer, right? Yeah, I was going to mention that, right? Exactly. But being on a plat, you're not you're you're now hardware agnostic. You can be on anything. Because the killer for that for yeah. me is that is exactly what you're saying is that whole thing of like you're halfway through a session and the creative goes, "Hey, last time we did this, we did blah blah." Can you go to the old Pro Tools session? And you got to hold do that whole embarrassing. Uh, listen. I, yeah, I can do that, but you're going to lose me for a second here, guys. Okay, I'll be back in a minute. And you, you hear the yeah. Yeah, yeah. way you I go. Mean, and you that do whole it. thing changed the way I work. I have Pro Tools sessions with hundreds and possibly, I don't know, thousands of spots. Whole years of campaigns just boom one after the oh, other. Did you do them all on one timeline? Thing of like, oh. Uh, yeah. One big ass timeline. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Really? They're not just clips in the clip viewer? No, it's like like basically what Pro Tools lacks is a any sort of like have you ever worked in Media Composer? A little bit. Okay. So Media Composer you can have sessions. No, well you you have a right. bin, yeah. Pro Tools users has have been wanting a folders within their bin for the last twenty years and they still have yet to get them. Different issue. But even more so the edit and the mixer in Pro Tools are joined at the hip. But there's many aspects of your mixer that are not part of your edit. They're just part of your studio. So it's sort of like there's a utility mixer. This is a utility. This is your like your external. What, what used to be in a lot of early setups were like people that would have like a Mackie mixer off to the side and then they'd have Pro Tools. And what was going in and out of the Mackie mixer was like microphones and headphone feeds and connection to the tape deck probably back then. You know, um, and so they were like the mixer still had routing capability and some of that's daunting. And really what you need is just like a couple of straight ahead patches and maybe a volume control. And that's really what Nexus router lets you do. It has an advanced mode where you can just sort of like draw whatever you want from A to B. Um, 
and then that way you can even have different setups that you can load and save and close and open up a different setup I'm, or yeah, you can I'm, make one massive setup. I'm looking setup. forward to it because I'm <laughs> looking forward to being more hardware agnostic and less attached to something like the Apollo, you know, in general and kind of endorsing that kind of mentality of being a little bit less attached to that system. So this will be something that will be nice to set up for for more people who do want that extra level of sophistication, you know? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It'll it'll make it, like, if, if they have little special things that they need to do, even something like a talkback mic when they're outside or playback from some other device if they want to you know, plug their phone in or have some other app. Let me ask you this. This is definitely going down, you know, a rat hole in terms of features, but can you imagine that ever being on a touchscreen interface like an iPad? Or having a controller. I could for definitely, it. I could definitely imagine. Like we've we've already got other levels of control that we're planning on, which are, I think, pretty exciting. You guys were um, talking earlier about you know the things are moving towards the actor having to have really a full production suite in their booth, right? Yeah. It sucks though. I mean, people As don't the, want the, that. The day some, some the do. day that someone asks an actor to not only record for them, but can you please play back picture while you yeah, record? It happens. Mm-hmm. When when that happens, then then it's like you're really throwing a lot at That's the actor. Cipriano. I mean, he does um, that stuff when he has to. Um, yeah, but people, some people can do that. You know, it's like it wouldn't you know, be that yeah, hard. I mean, he paid me to set up and, Pro Tools and, to do it. You know, right? So. Yeah, so I would. It would be lovely for someone who really still wants to have a feeling of I have a mic, I have a headphone, I have my script, but not having to have keyboard, monitor, mouse, that whole rig in there too, uh, and just like a and just have like a, a somewhat innocuous iPad, or even if you're reading off the iPad, you can just do the four finger swipe and switch over to the mixer. Yeah, the, the, the hardest thing becomes, um, and and there's been like. I still think the iPad's a tough environment. There's been a lot of actors have been like, "Why? When? When can I just do this all on the iPad?" Yeah, no. It, it, there's a bit of a stay in your lane. It's the iPad has a lane to stay in. Like it is it, to me, it still has no place in a pro audio production workflow, except as a controller or a script reader. Yeah, it, it works. It works well as a controller. Like I, I've got my V controller. Yeah, a controller pro. and a script reader. Like that's what it's for to me. It's not a pro audio. Despite the power of the thing, the hardware, the fact that it's got Thunderbolt now in the in the in the pro model, iPad Pro, it's still it's still just not the tool for the job. So use it what it's for and that's what it's good for. So I, I would endorse having that in there just to control the Nexus monitoring and the other stuff. Do a lot of talent really really avoid and not want some really do avoid it as long as they can they really despise doing that i'm one yeah it's because of the distraction because you're now this is the right brain right right brain left brain actor engineer conundrum it's you can't do both at the same time i don't care who the hell you are you Mm -hmm. can't do them both equally well you're all one is always suffering at the art at the hands of the other so the actor that really so, but what what does an actor need in the booth truly? Like they they need to be able to record takes, and they need to be able to playback takes. I mean, a lot. I mean, some people like I'll I'll call you out, Bo Weaver. I've known you so long. He uh, hits record. He walks into Bo, the booth. Yeah. He records all of his sessions. He walks out of the booth and he sits down and he edits all the sessions. 
like done. You know, there's no, that's his workflow. Now, how often is he directed? Very rarely. Mm. I was yeah, going to say, record yeah. record and send. Yeah. But well, yeah, that's what he likes. He likes to have the two separate, <laughs> separate church and state, you know? <laughs> well, I'm exactly the same. I, I work at the same workflow as Bo because a lot of my stuff is not directed. Um, so I do exactly the same thing. I go in there, record, come back, and come out of here and edit and send. Yeah. But how many times do you go back and forth? Uh, I, I save each file separately. <clears throat> so if I'm doing like four, you know, four 30-second spots for somebody, then I'll record a couple of takes or two or three takes. How, how do you know you're in time? Are you timing yourself? I do a timer first. I, I would sit there and I'll time one with the stopwatch, first read, so I know ballpark where I'm at. By the time you deep breath, you lose a couple of seconds. Uh, so, you know, if I'm doing like one that's got to be 27 seconds and I come in at 27, then I know I've got two seconds up my sleeve so I can take more time with it. And I'm, you know, I mean, once you've been doing this for, you know, well, that's the thing. Here. You guys have like atomic clocks built it, in. It I mean, is I, like I can't that, tell you yeah. how many times I've had a talent and I'm like, can you take half a second off that and they take half a second yeah. off that <laughs> it's it's like wow and yeah, Bo, funny. Bo had an iPad 1 for years he may still have it just to run the timer period he's like it's a great timer you know it doesn't make a click I, I <laughs> have, just tap on the screen I have I have an iPad 1 that I use for my 8 faders approaches yeah, yeah I, so so there's some minimal amount of control that's necessary they at least need a door handle you know probably do they want a mic mute yeah, I'm sure they would. Like, Most people would like to have that, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty embarrassing. Particularly when you've got a horrible client down the line and mic mute's very handy. A horrible <laughs> client or bad bad cheese. Yeah. How, how do you find the foot switches um, for that? I reckon a foot switch would be great. You need one of those, AP. You need a foot switch. <laughs> yes, I need a foot switch. A foot switch is great. I love it. The trouble is I probably tread on it by accident and... You know, well, the whirlwind uh, PPD or whatever has a, they have a foot switch yeah, on off like switch. The the ones that don't break phantom power so that they don't pop, you know, they just sort of short out. And it's also like, I wouldn't want, to, I mean, the idea is fantastic. I think it's fun, but um, I hate too much stuff between the microphone and the preamp. Yeah. Well, you know, I, there's that one more thing that can go wobbly on you. Not and, to go completely off base here again but you know i was talking earlier about what i saw a podcast movement and i saw the the boss answer to the roadcaster pro you know? <laughs> oh, and because roland's had right stuff and too. roland too boss is like their musician wing of roland or like the guitar pedal wing i don't know about that roland, right so they had but bosses boss is the guitar wing and roland and roland keyboard. is the keyboard wing but they've crossed areas yeah. like Mainly, Roland has made guitar synths, and the other view is that Roland is the high end, and then Boss is the middle. Right, right. So I'm looking at their things and going, okay, here's another, you know, Roadcaster. What's on the back? A foot pedals plug. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. What can you do with that? And he's like, (laughs) whatever you want. For the gamers. You can do anything you want. I was like, well, I can see that being cool, because the mixer's outside on your desk, and you run a foot pedal in your booth, and now you have a way to cut your mic. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or it could be a way to hit record and then punch a uh, marker. You know, when you click it again, you know, there's a lot you could do with that. And so, so it sends. So, whatever you want, the foot pedal can send like USB messages. As far as I can tell, it's. I mean, I don't know how flexible it is, but it's pretty flexible. You know, there's also um, Air Tools or Air Turn. I think that's called Air Turn. And now other companies are getting into it, where you can get Bluetooth pedals that go in your booth, you know, to control certain functions. So there's more you can do with foot pedals, which is kind of neat. 
But if I'm not wearing headphones and I don't know my mic is truly off, I would never trust anything wireless. I was like... <laughs> so what about what about the preamp? I mean, the preamp should be in the booth or not, because, I mean, even if you wanted to be really theoretical about it, your best signal would be by running the shortest mic line and getting it up to the line, preamp. Right. Line level. If you're running... And sending it... 20 foot Even runs, that's like yeah, different. Yeah, Never yeah. different, it's negligible. But having the preamp in the booth to be able to set it is a different thing. Right. Isn't that necessary? It, it, um, yes yeah. and no. I mean, some people do. I'd say most people that have a booth that don't have the equipment in the booth don't have the preamp in the booth. But it's less convenient. And so they're just, just recording conservatively and going like, you know, I'll just hit minus 12. Mm-hmm. I got plenty of bits. So, I mean, yeah. I put plenty of Avalon 737s in booths, and I just told people, like, this thing's a radiator, so it's going to get nice and toasty in here. <laughs> if you really need to have this in here, I get it, but be my last choice <laughs> to, to put in the booth. Well, that's what I'm thinking. The more gear I was going to say about that, exactly that. You're in a, most people's home studio booths are quite small, and you start piling gear in there, it's going to be like a furnace. Yeah, gets hot in there quick, so the less yeah. the better. Even... Even modern computer monitors are pretty low power, but they still make heat. They still radiate heat. Everything makes heat. So the less in there, the better, you know? Yeah, it's going to be interesting when our pot, when the Passport VO comes out, how people choose to use it, whether they're going to have it in booth or outside of the booth. It can go either place. And the thing you're going to miss out on it not being in booth is that mic switch, mic mute. That's why I think the majority are going to use it in the booth. So what we'll be testing I is think seeing... So too. Yeah. How well we can, how far we can run it on USB to the computer. So we'll be doing some testing around that whole workflow as well. Yeah, I, I can see, I can see um, the value in having the Passport VO in the booth for sure. Maybe you're doing a Zoom session or whatever. You can use that second interface to run either your phone or iPad or whatever. That you can run the Zoom session. That's in there what I as could well. see it being really useful. Having yeah. the iPad in the booth for phone patch, Zoom slash blah 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 yeah. communications. Absolutely. And having that run into it and just that would be a really really easy way to facilitate those sessions. Boy. Well, well, in a way you can have it the. Sorry, you can call that out. <laughs> We're really off topic now. <laughs> this was about Nexus, and I don't know where the hell we've yeah. gone. Oh, man, it's we've like, gone all over the usual. place. Let me tell you. This is tangential. I'm just, I'm just waiting to see the Mad Hatter pop out from yeah, behind the door somewhere. So no. <laughs> the editing nightmare that is the pro audio suite. Yeah, yeah. wrap this yeah. one up. I'll bring it together. What comes out first? The the uh, passport or Nexus? Nexus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Probably right. Uh, well, we'll see because these are both. It's, it's, but, but we don't know. These are both don't knows. You know, neither of them want to uh, divulge a release date until it's certain because people don't. You know, we've learned. We've all learned that produced product to under promise over deliver is really the best policy. You can't give a product a C section. Right. <laughs> what we can what we can promise about the passport though is that when it does come out it's going to be killer it's going to be yes, killer we're going to make be sure killer. of it because by the time anybody receives one in the mailbox we have already hammered on it and proven without a shadow of a doubt that it will do what we said it's going to do yep yeah yeah you exactly. know, when you get one it's going to be fully tested and vetted before before that so yeah i'm i'm excited because i i think it's the you see all these USB interfaces coming out constantly. 
And no one has one that does these. They're things, all basically. playing out Not of a really. different playbook. Like I got into a whole conversation on a Facebook about this. You know, one person's POV is clearly the future is firmware, software, everything. You know, and I said, "Not." I don't think it's that clear. I said, because we're developing the exact opposite. And his response was, I think that's not a good idea. <laughs> and my response was, is I think it's a very good idea because look at all the products that have come and gone and what products you can still plug into your Mac or your PC that still work 15 years later. And the Micport yeah. Pro first gen is one of those products. You just plug yeah. it in and it works. So that's the philosophy. We're just carrying that forward. My old trusty 002 rack sitting here right next to me. How old is that now? Jesus, 15 years? Have to be something like that. Those Still keeps going. A 002, and not even an 03. An oh, 02, 02, 002 rack. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, wow. I have some 001s in my garage. No, I don't need the 001. <laughs> what fine. are they doing in the garage? Yes, exactly. Why aren't <laughs> you using them, Robert, yeah, or something like you? <laughs> He's using those ramps yeah. to hold up his Porsche 920. <laughs> Yeah, it's my 4 4. Yeah, that's right. That was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Trimove. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Robbo. Got your own audio issues? Just ask Robbo.com. Tech support from George the Tech Witter. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Pro Audio. Sweet.